Tabernacle of praise. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. I don't know about you, but I'm so glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Let us stand as we sing Sabbath rest. morning and happy sabbath everybody happy sabbath come on good morning and happy sabbath the whole house amen are you glad to be in god's house just one more time are you glad to be in the presence of an amazing god just one more time amen amen you may be seated in the presence of an awesome god we are so blessed and honored to be here today on this beautiful sabbath morning Um, we know that god is a very present help in a time of storm just a couple of announcements that i want to share with you first of all we want to say Um, Thank you to the church for showing up on um, Thursday as we um, funeralize um, Armand. We praise God for Top for showing up. The family is surely appreciative of the love and the support that they receive from their church family. Amen. And so we also want to continue to keep the family in prayer. Amen. Um, We know that God is truly doing an amazing thing. Again, just want to share with you of our upcoming evangelism effort. Um, we want to remind you to mark your calendars for October the 29th through November the 4th through November the 12th. 
where we'll be um, having our um, revival here in the house. So we know that God is going to do some great things here. But let me just take a pause and um, just invite everyone to just turn to your neighbors and just say, Happy Sabbath. Amen. Amen. Praise God for you. Praise God for you. We want to welcome each and every one of you who are viewing online. We praise God for you. We know that you could be in another space, but you have chose to spend your time with us this morning. And so we thank God for you. Um, also, we want to welcome you who are in the house. I'm looking out. Do we see, do I see any, any first time visitors? I don't see any any first-time visitors, no one, amen, well, praise God, um, but we thank God for you who are in the physical space this morning. Listen, um, we want to bring up our deacon, Deacon Rackley, could you come up here for a few minutes, Deacon Rackley, amen, we want to invite him to come up for a few minutes um, as we continue our time together this morning, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, you know, we want to... We want to. We can't hear you online. At this time, uh, I just like to say that it's always a blessing to have certain people to come to your life, especially in forms of leadership and respect. And due to his great following of a great leader that we had prior to him. I would like at this time to call up Brother Deacon Michael Reed. I said brother first because since I've known him, we've become like brothers, good friends. But Mike, excuse me for saying Mike, on behalf of the deacons, Brother Crawford, and other people, we appreciate Amen. the following, the example of following that you have shown us yeah. that yeah. turned you into this great leader mm-hmm. that you have become before yeah. us. Amen. So on behalf of us, we'd like to say happy birthday. And happy birthday, Michael. I thank you. Let me, let me respond. Uh, I, I appreciate I all my, my deacons and my uh, uh, constituents, uh, Brother Miller, Deacon uh, Radcliffe, uh, Carlos, uh, Bobby, uh, Thomas, Lorenzo, Lorenzo. Um, and, Bill, and Bill. Thank you. Uh, it's a pleasure to be uh, the head of great people, you know, good people, and a God-blessed people. So I thank God for all of you all, and may we have a blessed Sabbath day. Amen. 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 Happy birthday, Michael. Amen. Amen. In case anyone is wondering what the big fuss is all about, today is your day. Today is your birthday, and we celebrate you. Of course, we celebrate all those that are selling birthdays um, in the month of September. But but as as our custom, we want to, can we sing um, to you, Brother Mike? Is that all right, Deacon Mike? And And yours was just two days ago, Thursday. So we got, and Sister Shelby's is it, man. We, September showing up and showing out. So Sister Shelby is today too. So we're going to have the Harris's stand on behalf of Sister Shelby. <laughs> Sister Yvetta, yours is, was Thursday? Linda's was last week. But we're going to sing to you anyway. Is that all right? Amen. Let us sing happy birthday.
Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling some kind of way. I don't think mine was quite that anointed when they... <laughs> <laughs> But we praise God for you, September. Bro, Mike, Sister Yvette, Sister Shelby, and all of you who are celebrating birthdays in the month of September, we praise God for you. And along with birthdays, we do celebrate anniversaries. Do we have anyone celebrating an anniversary this month or this week or today? Amen. Sister Ro- September. Sister Rose, you September? What? Your anniversary. Yeah, it was on the 13th. On the 13th. Well, I don't think we have an anniversary song. But we do celebrate with you. Amen. Um, At this time, we do want to continue to move forward um, with our time together today. If you can just bow your heads with me as we offer up a word of prayer. Loving Lord, our Father and God, again, we are so thankful, so privileged and honored. Uh, You are truly an amazing God. We thank you for the Sabbath. We thank you for um, the Sabbath rest where we can gather our thoughts and reflect on your greatness. As we enter into this time together today, we are here in worship and we celebrate you. Thank you so much for what you've done, what you're doing, and what you're about to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
our thoughts as we approach God's throne. We know that we serve a mighty God. We know that there are hurts, there are pains and moans and groans and sometimes the week can be so taxing and so overwhelming. But it's a beautiful thing to know that we serve a God that we can lay all of our woes, all of our cares at his feet and he know what to do with them. And so I want to invite as many as possible that choose to come close to the altar as we lift up the Wellington family, as we lift up all of those that are bereaved, that are sick and shut in, remember our church family. For those that choose to remain in your seat, we ask if you can reverently kneel as we approach God's throne. It's prayer time. Let us pray. Loving Lord, our Father and God, again, we're so thankful. We're so privileged and honored again for the idea and the fact that you have allowed us to come into this space. We thank you, Father, for our last night lying down and our early morning rising. We give you all praise. We give you our honor and our glory. For we recognize, Father, that without you we're hopelessly lost, but with you we're more than conquerors. And so we come this morning with bowed heads, humble hearts, thanking you for, for all that you've done, danger seen and unseen. Thank you for covering us and keeping us. Thank you for providing for us food on our table, clothes on our backs. 
Somebody this morning didn't arise to the occasion. Somebody slept last night and they are still sleeping. But Father, here we are today yet again. Another Sabbath. It's as if we were just here just yesterday. But Father, for some odd reason, you continue to keep the clock moving. You continue to keep things rolling forward. And we just crazy enough, God, to believe that you have it all figured out. No, we don't understand all things. No, we can't make sense of everything. But what we do know is that we serve a powerful God. A God that loves us in spite of ourselves. A God that looks beyond our faults and see our needs. So we bless you today. And we honor you this morning for the celebration of life. Giving us the victory over all things. And so as we ask you, oh God, as always, to forgive us of our sins. Every day, God, is a day of forgiveness. So forgive us again. Forgive us again, oh God, and forgive us again. And help us to reflect you in everything we say and do. So when we lay our petitions before thee, oh God, you will not turn a deaf ear. So, Father, remember the Wellington family. We ask that you will cover the parish family in a very special way. We ask that you will be with the Wellington and the parish family. We ask that you will cover and keep them, oh God. Be with Sister Nicole. Be with Sister Christina. Be with the family even now. You know the details. You know the ins and outs. So, Father, we're only doing what we know what's best to do. And the best thing we can do for anybody is to pray for them. And so, Father, do what you do. We ask, oh God, that you remember all those that are bereaved, all of those that are battling with health challenges. We ask, oh God, that you remember our upcoming revival. We pray, oh God, that it would go according to the plans of heaven. And not just an event, God, but that lives will be changed. Souls will be saved. Baptisms, oh God. And to the name of the Father, the Son, of the Holy Ghost. Lord, send us now to that place where we can experience you on a whole nother level. So we invite you into this worship experience. Be with those that are viewing online cover them and keep them be with our family and friends that have drawn close to the altar that you do a miraculous thing in their lives as well be with our praise team our choir cover and keep them oh god be with the musicians our service the sound system everything touch it touch it again and touch it one more time and we will be ever so mindful to give you all the praise all the honor and all the glory. Forgive us again, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. And amen. Happy Sabbath, everybody. Happy Sabbath. Ah, nah, 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 nah. Some of y'all not having a happy Sabbath. 
Let's have a happy Sabbath. Happy Sabbath, everybody. Yes, yes, it's a good day. Any day that you are alive, it is a good day. Now, this is not going to be my testimony today, but literally, I had a life scare this week. Literally, but that's why I can say happy Sabbath, because I am so glad to be standing up before you. I'm not moaning, groaning, scared, or nothing because the Lord has delivered me. But that's not my testimony. I just want to give you a little taste of God's goodness. Anyway, I want to do a little bit of house cleaning, a little bit of announcements. And I want to focus on uh, tomorrow night is our 12 Steps to Success. And you know our goal next year is 100 participation in stewardship which means that everybody up in the house right now, those online, those who are not here, hopefully they can hear it through the Spirit of God, you're just going to do better next year. That's the goal. That is the goal. So if you want us to help you, we have 12 Steps to Success tomorrow night, and it's from 5 to 6. And um, you can bring a friend, just one. Don't, Don't invite too many people, just one. Okay, just one. All right, you need to know how to get there. Uh, Contact me, come over, talk to me, and I'll I'll get you there. It's virtual. And then we're going to have a virtual program for suicide prevention. It's Never Alone Suicide Prevention. And our gorgeous Melody is going to be over the teenagers, and uh, she's going to be in a breakout room, and we have two other speakers. So we'd like for you to invite those who are hurting. They may have lost a loved one. One of our subjects is um, uh, those who are left behind, for those who are grieving as a result of um, a suicidal family member. Um, so those are our announcements. And that's on uh, 29.30th. We'll have a flyer ready for you uh, maybe next week or the week after. So I want to talk about today another African-American young man, 16 years of age, was shot down in the streets by our police. Now, you know, I hear no outcry. I hear no real talk about it. I think we're just tired. You know, you just get tired of it. You know, but we really can't get tired. And we know that right outside our doors, there are people who are suffering to that level. So we're going to send them some love from God, and I'm not going to do it twice. And we need to be ready and able to say to the people outside these walls what we need to say to them. So we're going to ask the angels that are in the seats that are not occupied, and all those seats that are occupied to remember that God is good. All the time. All the time. He is just so worthy to be praised. He just really, really is. But right now, there are family members that just don't feel like praising God. So we want to send a message all week long that God is good no matter what. He just really is good. So I want to talk about the other God. (laughs) It's the other God. That God is called fear. Fear is the other God. You know that the Bible says, when I would do good, evil is present with me. That's right. And evil, one of the evil beings is fear. 
And I say fear is it's like pervasive. You know, you can be minding your own business, really. Someone walk in the room, they're all anxious, and they're moving with this anxiety. You may not believe it, but you start feeling anxious too. You start thinking what's wrong, what's going on. They don't have to say a word. But fear is the other God in our lives. He's our mortal enemy. He's the enemy of us being on a winning team. Fear will keep us back if we don't watch it. You know, fear has several different faces. It can come in your friends. You know, when your friends, you say, you know what, man? I think I'm going to go back to school. Uh, those student loans, man. Those, first of all, who said I was getting a loan? That's, that's the first thing. Uh, uh, where are you going to get the time? You know, man, I know somebody, they got a degree and they didn't even get a better job. And then there is fear from your family. And then those family members are, man, why are you going to do that? You know, that's just wasting time. We're not going to be able, it's their fear because if you get better, they will see themselves as they are. So it's their fear, but they're putting it off on you. And then there is the fear that's in your own head. I'm too old. I'm not smart enough. But I did this in my life, and I don't think anybody going to want me. But I'm not cute enough. I just don't have the right clothes. All of that's just fear. Because I'm afraid of what's on the other side of the change. It's all about Fear. And then fear is distra- distraction, you know. Oh, you know, you know uh, you're on your way, you're going to apply for a job, and then your friend calls you on the phone. Instead of saying, hey, I can't talk, I'm getting ready. You say, oh, good, Whew. I'm, a, I'm relieved, I don't have to do that. And then there is fear of avoidance. I'm going to avoid the problem. Fear, of procra- fear comes in the form of procrastination. Fear has a lot of faces. And fear will keep all of us from our success. Fear is the other God. You see, God say, apply for the job. And fear say, no, you don't. Fear of God says, man, you know, cut out some of that, some of that chips and stuff and you, you can lose some weight. And then fear says, what you going to eat then? So, you know, you, you, you don't have money for new clothes. And then, you know, fear of God will say to you, hey, I'm going to hit this because y'all know I'm stewardship, right? Study your Bible a little bit more. And then fear will say, but you won't be able to make the money. God will say to you, hey, why don't you the, uh, become like a deacon or maybe you can become the women's ministry leader. And fear will say, ain't nobody going to follow you, girl. <laughs> Sit down. Fear will keep you stuck. You will live in a rut, and that's not God's place for you. I said it. I expect 100% participation in January. I'm giving you all this time. You can come to me and talk about all the fears you want to. I will pray with you, but we have to step up. Satan ain't stepping back. He ain't cutting it short. We must step up up. If you don't step up, you're losing ground. You just don't know you're losing ground. So, we're going to be that winning team 
in January. Somebody told me it was a pastor. It wasn't Pastor Phil, so. But a pastor told me nobody gets 100% participation in nothing. I said, I disagree with you. Because when Pharaoh chased the Israelites across the Red Sea, not one of them stayed behind. They were all killed. Not one. If they can be 100% to do bad, we can be 100% to do good. I'm looking for 100%. All those those who stand with me say amen. Amen. Will the deacons come forward? 100% participation in becoming better. Your definition of better, not mine, in January. Let's have a brief word of prayer. Remember that, Paul. (laughs) Most honorable Father, in the blessed name of Jesus, how grateful we are that we are alive, Lord, and that we can make plans to move ahead and to be better next year in some capacity of our lives, Lord. We desire to serve you more than we serve fear, Lord. Help us, help us, Father. Put away all the other gods that stand between us and thee. So we will see you clearly and make that step. And Lord, we ask that as we make this sacrificial blessing or giving to you, Lord, that the purpose for which it will be changed from secular to sacred, people will be saved, people will understand God because of the sacrifices that are being made today. In the name of Jesus, we pray and praise you always. Amen. 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 You may receive the offering.
awesome God. Amen. Amen. We serve a powerful God, a glorious God, a God that will never fail us. This week was a rough week for me in so many different ways. It wasn't like it was something that was just like heavy, but it was just so many things that were going on at one time. And last night when I came to um, choir rehearsal, the Lord told me, I'm here with you. I am a holy God. I'm a mighty God. I'm a powerful God. I'm a God that will never fail you. Even when you don't feel him, even when stuff is going on, trust and believe God is there. He said, that's why I'm the closest to you because I know you're weak. You need me to carry you. So I just thank God for being here. And I want you to listen to the words of this song and pray for me as I bring the word. Oh, God. 
There is no God like our God. There is no peace. There is no glory. Yes, yes. God is good. There is no God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you so much for that song selection. Just how do you how do you come behind that? How do you, how do you maneuver in that space? For there is no God. You can almost just throw the notes away and 
Stay there. But there is no God like our God. There is no peace, no hope without him. My Lord. We serve an amazing God. A God that understands us better than we understand ourselves. As we spend this time together this morning, I'm going to try to maneuver through this space. If the angels were to roll back the curtains of my spirit right now, I'm doing cartwheels and... I'm I'm just so elated and just so blessed. You know, I'm often reminded um, not to look at what you see. Not to look at what you see. But to believe that God is doing something in spite of what you see. Because sometimes what we see can be deceiving. And sometimes what we see can be misleading. And, um, and we have to keep our eyes on God. So don't believe what you see. Believe what God is, is doing and trust and, 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 and know that, that he, is, he is on the throne and that he is making moves in spite of what we can wrap our brains around, that he is making moves. Because at the end of the day, this is not our home. Um, we're just pilgrims. And so too many times we, we get comfortable with the familiar. And God is saying, I have to keep you shook. I have to, I have to keep you off balance. I want you to get comfortable um, in your seats and in your, on your jobs and in the life that you're living. I, wanna, I have to do some things to keep you, keep you on, keep you left and moving with hence our, our time together, we'll be looking at um, the book of Romans, um, chapter 5, verses 1 through 5, um, as we look at faith, triumphs, and trouble. Because God have to, sometimes stuff have to, have to come alone. Amen. Um, but it, it never comes to the degree where you ought to be throwing in the towel. It, it, God will never send it in the degree where you, where you need to go and pack a bag and do something different. But it must come. It must come. Amen. Um, but if you have your Bibles with you, this is where we want to spend a little time this morning. Um, in the book of Romans chapter 5. Um, we want to start with verse 1 and we'll read down to verse 5. So if you have it, please, as always, stand with me um, in honor of the reading of the word of God. Um, You're not standing for me, but you're standing for the word. Um, And uh, we'll read this responsively. Um, I'll read the first. You go with the second and so forth and so on. And we'll read verse five together. The word of God declares in Romans chapter five. He says, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace. There is no peace. (laughs) Come on now. We have peace with God through our Lord and Jesus Christ. Verse 2. My, my, there is no hope. 
No glory. <laughs> work with it, saints. Work with it. Verse 3 comes back and reminds us that, and not only that, I mean, there's some more to it. Stand in the text. Not only that. <laughs> Come on now. But we also glory in tribulation. See, we don't want that part right there. We don't, you mean glory in tribulation? Glory even in tribulation. Knowing that tribulation is going to produce some perseverance. Verse 4. There is no hope. Verse 5 together. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So today, we just want to spend a little time, if you will, on the thought, faith, triumph, and trouble. Let us pray. Father God, again, we thank you once again for allowing us to experience this space. You know, God, I need you. You know, God, I can't do it without you. So I must now decrease that the word of God may increase. Into your hands, I commit my spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen again. You may be seated in the presence of a mighty and wonderful and majestic God. You know, as I prepared this message, I want to be honest with you. I had no idea that the song that we were singing today would line up hand in hand. If my memory serves me correctly, I was doing a little ear hustling last week and um uh, or the week before, and um, I understood that we were supposed to have sang this song then, just doing a little ear hustling. <laughs> but God, <laughs> but God saw something different. And so as I was preparing this, it didn't hit until this morning when I was in my office praying with my wife. I was in there sitting. Matter of fact, it was before I prayed with my wife. I was sitting in there and the choir was going over the song and I was, I was meditating over the message and I was just sitting there and it was saying some things that sounded quite familiar. I said, they sing in my message. <laughs> and I began to realize that God is doing something mighty. And that's why I could stand here this morning and declare to you, don't look at what you see. Know that God is in control. Sometimes we can get caught up in the mundane. Sometimes we can get caught up in what's, what's before us. But that's not the real reality. You understand that we are spiritual beings. That there is something else going on right before our very eyes. But because we don't see it on a regular, we don't take notice of it. But God is always working. God is always moving. God never sits still. I'm going to get to this message in a minute, but I just want to just encourage some hearts this morning that God never sits still. 
that he's always moving. He's always watching. His eyes is going to and fro. That's what the word of God tells us. It's going to and fro, elder, to and fro. So while the enemy may be busy, God is busier. You can't out-busy God. You can't out-busy God. So while you're trying to figure it out, God has already worked it out. And so as we look at our text, I just want to just take us through these, this here passage here and pray that as we leave here, we will, we, will, we will not leave here the same way we came. Because we understand that as Paul, as he wrote this here text, we understand that the writing of this text was, was really to the Christian family. That this wasn't a text that Paul wrote that was for those outside the walls. But Paul was writing this text to those that were inside the church, those that profess to be believers in the word in, in, in the living God. You see this. And when Paul wrote this letter, they, there was a there was a, a dark place over there in Rome. There was a spirit of darkness over in Rome and the and the hearts of the people were heavy. These are believers that we're talking about. Because everywhere they looked, They saw this dictator by the name of Caesar. Even on their dollars and on their coins was the face of Caesar on the front and on the back. No matter where they went, no matter how they moved, Caesar was right there. And not only that, but his thumb was on them in such a way that, that, that life for the Christians were, was, 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 was most difficult. To the point that where uh, 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 they, it, it began to uh, uh, move to where now lives of the Christians were being snuffed out. This was like a common thing. Now, see, we live comfortably over here in these U.S. of A's. <laughs> Plural. <laughs> you figure it out. But the reality is, is that uh, uh, Caesar was declared uh, uh, God and Lord on every coin in their pocket. And what's more than, 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 than that was that increasingly this hostile towards this new Christian generation that was up and coming. So there was a problem just being in the Roman as a Roman citizen, as a Jew or a Gentile. But now here it is. Your belief. Just simply believing in Jesus, your life is in danger. And so Paul was not selling false hope as he began to share with them because you understand that they were already in a hopeless situation. They was in a hopeless state. And Paul, as he when he came along and began to share hope with them, Paul had to be careful that he wasn't selling false hope. Just something that I pray that I'm not doing here today, that I'm giving you hope in somebody that can handle your situation. Hope in someone that is able to deliver you from the, from the struggle. Someone that you can lean on. Someone that you can depend on. This is the one that I'm giving you. The hope in Jesus Christ. Because there's a lot of hope out there. People hope in their jobs. They hope they don't get fired. People put their hope and their cause. I hope I can make it to, plant, to, to my destination on time. Some of us put our hope in our checking account. 
But Paul was not selling false hope, but he was proclaiming a hope uh, that could not die because the emerge from death of God's own son because of what Jesus Christ had done on the cross. Paul is saying, I'm not selling you something that hadn't been tried and true. I'm giving you something that you can stand on. Someone that you can trust in. You see, the hope that was forged in the fire and death cannot itself then die when suffering and persecution comes because of a gospel hope that transcends all suffering on every side, having been born out of the suffering. So therefore, the God that we worship, the God that we call on because of who he is, he is the originator of all things. So therefore, you cannot go through anything there is no amount of suffering no amount of pain oh I wish I had somebody understanding me right there there is no amount of suffering or pain or shame that you can experience that God hadn't already given account for You see, God has already, Jesus had already experienced suffering. He's experienced shame. How many of us have ever been led down the dusty streets uh, of St. Louis, uh, stripped in your birthday suit, mocked and flogged and spat on uh, and degraded? Uh, How many of us can actually experience that type of disgrace? So Jesus understands. What is it like to hurt? Jesus understands what is like to be in pain. And so Paul is speaking to these people, uh, 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 the people uh, here in Romans, reminding the children of God, letting them know that 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 this hope is a is 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 is, is a race shield against the destruction forces of suffering and death. This hope that I'm giving you is a hope of protection, a hope that will keep you in the midst of whatever it is that you're going through. It is a hope that has given us access to grace, a grace that Paul colorfully pictured by us. We are standing hip dip knee deep in this grace. We're standing neck deep in it. We stand in hope and this hope, Paul says, cannot disappoint. It cannot and so we are justly uh, uh, classified or, 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 or dissatisfied with how we live many times. In other words, we do have sins to confess every day. We cannot be content with how things go in the worldwide, uh, the very often in our private world. In other words, the trick, according to Romans chapter 5, is that it, it is to let this proper discontent fan our hope and not our fear. In other words, when we look around the world in which we live, we see destruction. We see devastation. We just heard from our stewardship of another shooting. We cannot allow that to fan our fear. What it needs to do is to thrust us in a place where now our hope have something to stand on. Our hope now becomes stronger through the struggles and through the trials. The struggles of what we go through ought to cause us now to become more hopeful and not more fearful 
Because it's so easy to look around at what we see and allow what we see to throw us in a place where we just don't feel like it anymore. So the reading, however, is something more than a lesson here. Because when we look at this, uh, we have peace that passes all understanding. You see, hope is the thing that fans or that, uh, 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 that feathers, according to Emily Dickerson. Uh, hope is the thing uh, that feathers, uh, that parches in the soul, that, that perches uh, uh, in the soul and, and sing the tune with our words. It never stops at all. In the space of these five verses that we just read this morning, we find God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit all mentioned right there. You see, we have peace in, with God in verse 1. You see, this peace, stand with the text, this peace, as we all assess to grace, uh, has come through Jesus Christ according to verse 2. And moreover, God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, according to verse 5. And so the Son gives us access to God's glory, and the Spirit pours out God's love for us. And so the reading, however, is something more than just a lesson on the Trinity. It is, first of all, a bridge between the what? In Romans chapter 1 through 4 and the not and, and the now what in Romans chapter 5 through 8. In other words, in Romans chapter 1 and 2, uh, Paul demonstrates uh, the universality uh, of the power of sin uh, over human beings. Uh, both Jews and Gentiles have fallen short from the glory of God. But in Romans chapter 3 and 4, Paul announces God's promise to humanity's plight because of Christ's righteousness. Humanity now stands justified by God's grace. So Romans does not end uh, 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 at the end of chapter 4. In other words, justification uh, is not the religious equivalent to a fairy tale story. In other words, you get a, to live a happily ever after, after Romans chapter 4. No, 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 no. Because in chapters 5 through 8, uh, we find out here that Paul turns to answering the now what? And as he does so, we see that in the world Christ redeemer, sin continues to exercise power and, 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 and suffering remains to severe that Paul is at pains to say it cannot separate us from the love of God. In other words, according to Romans chapter 5, 1 through 5, the life of justice is justified is a mix of peace, hope, suffering, and love these things, as well as the glory of God, uh, will all be discussed again in Romans chapter 8. So Paul is laying a foundation. Paul is making it clear that what you see right now, don't get caught up in that. I'm going to deal with the what, but now I'm going to deal with the now what. Now that you've been justified, now that God has delivered you, now that God has redeemed you, now what? So the what, 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 what do you mean, Paul? In other words, what Paul is saying is, is that when you find yourself up in diverse times, up, when you find yourself going through the crucible of life, up, that God 
God has given you what you need. God has showed up and showed out and has given you everything that you need to bring you through. First of all, you've been justified. Justification simply says you don't deserve it. You're wrong and you know you're wrong. But on the merits of Jesus Christ, I'm going to count it all good. I'm going to take your messed up life. I'm going to take your messed up ideas up and I'm going to say, you know what? Although you're wrong, you've been justified. Only God can do that. Only God can justify us. So he lays it out before us. He tells us that we have to have this peace. You see, peace is a present possibility for those who have been made right and justified before God. You see, if you hadn't been made right, if you're not justified, peace, that past all understanding is going to be hard for you to grasp hold of. Because see, when God has stepped in and really stepped in and really moved in your life and has really made a difference in your life, then when you experience these moments, you are able to step back and say, yes, it's rough. Yes, it's hard. Yes, it's challenging. But for some odd reason, I got peace. I don't know why I'm not losing my mind right now. I can't figure it out while I hadn't jumped off the bridge right now. For some reason, I have peace. I got peace in the midst of it yes the trouble is real yes the struggle is real yes my body aches yes my mind is overwhelmed yes it seems unbearable but for some reason I find myself still finding myself still having peace When I should be losing my mind, when I should have broke down, when I should have thrown in a towel, I can't seem to do it because peace won't let me. Not only that, but he goes on to say, not only do you have the peace that will hold you, but he says hope. You see, we have hope as well. Paul says that we boast in our hope of sharing God's glory. Oh, that's a beautiful thing right there. Because see, when I go through the crucible of life, when I go through the struggles of life, um, and I began to talk about how God has been good. See, that's my hope right there. See, family of God, if I can just help you right here. See, when you talk about the goodness of God, when you're going through stuff, uh, that ought to build you up. That ought to give you a little bit more uh, 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 fire in your bones. Uh, You see, when I talk about it, it gives me strength but see when I worry about it it robs me of my strength and I dare not allow the devil to rob me of anything else so I'm going to talk about him even when I don't feel like it I'm going to talk about it even when it's not popular I'm going to talk about him when it's not desirable when it seems like I should be crying my eyes out I'm going to talk about his goodness I'm going to talk about his mercy I'm going to talk about his goodness. Oh, what good God is to me. He woke me up this morning, started me on my way, put food on my table, gave me strength in my body. I didn't feel like it this morning, but something on the inside got hold of me and it began to work on the outside. Oh, what a change that has come over me. That's why I can get excited this morning about a God that is able to do all things, but fail. I know I left. I'm going to try to get back there but when you've been with Jesus when Jesus has done something in your life uh, when you understand uh, that God is a very present help uh, not just words uh, but God is able uh, to do what everybody else can't do so he said I'm gonna give you hope 
I'm going to give you hope. And when you talk about it, it ought to give you strength. It ought to make you want to talk about it a little bit more. And that's when you begin to talk about it. You begin to forget about your troubles. You begin to begin to trouble your troubles. You begin to tell your troubles how to get somewhere. Because I'm talking about a God that is able to do all things. A God that sees the end from the beginning. That's what I'm talking about. And so we understand that Paul, Paul realized that. Paul said our boasting going to give us a little bit more push. Going to give us some more push in this thing, in this walk that we're living. You see, the text is clearly, it, 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 uh, the, the text to clarify what it means to have hope in the glory of God. In other words, the word for both is simply a, 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 a Greek word that says uh, kuchamata. Which also means rejoice and exalt. In other words, when I'm going through the troubles, the troubles of life, and I began to exercise my hope. In other words, I'm exalting the God that I serve. In other words, I can I'm able to rejoice in the God that I serve. So I'm not only rejoicing, but I also get excited, and I also be find myself can't stop in myself while everybody looks and looking at you, kind of crazy and trying to figure out what it is that you're doing. You are in another place, right? now you know you done took the brakes off of you can't stop even if you want to you just rolling with the holy ghost so through jesus christ we have peace with god but wait a minute uh, uh, there is more that the text gives us a little more you see we have the hope of sharing in god's glory mm. You see, we boast in this hope, recognizing that it exists side by side with suffering. So suffering began to do something. Suffering begins to happen. Something happens when we began to suffer. You see, in Romans 8, Paul was, Paul would say, uh, if when you jump over there, we're not going there today, but if he was to jump over there, Paul would say something like, uh, the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing to the glory about to be revealed to us. In other words, what you're going through right now can't even compare to what God God has in store. I want to be my want to be mindful of and understand uh, and let you know that I understand uh, that it's hurt sometimes. Uh, I want you to understand uh, and I want you to know uh, that I'm not just speaking words from a piece of paper. Uh, I want you to know uh, and I want you to understand uh, that I've experienced some suffering before too. Uh, but what I've come to realize, uh, according to Romans chapter eight, uh, that the suffering that I'm experiencing experiencing today uh, cannot even compare to the joy that God has in store for me. That's our hope. That's what motivates us. That's what moves us. That's what helps us through this pilgrimage. The fact that there is something more than this. Oh, I'm in the text. Anybody with me in the text here? Because Paul recognized that he's dealing with some individuals here, some church folk. So what is, what is, what is, what is Paul talking about here? You see, we understand that we are justified. You see, suffering is no more than the fuel for the fire. Suffering is no more than fuel in the fire 
to help us to get to where God is trying to get us to. Suffering. You see, we're justified, the text says. They say we're justified. We've been justified. See, justify is simply put, to, to justify is to declare righteousness. In other words, justification is an act of God whereby he pronounces a sinner to be righteous because of that sinner's faith in Christ. Because of that sinner's faith in in Christ, simply because you believe in Jesus, you're justified. It's not hard. I know sometimes we want to make it quite difficult to get to Jesus. Um, we want to make it kind of a, a rough road to travel. But the reality is, Jesus said, if you simply believe. <laughs> just just. It's, it's not hard. You don't have to walk the tightrope. You don't have to go through some type of initiation where you have to, you know, drink three boiled eggs and, and all this other stuff. I just threw that out there. I don't know if you can. <laughs> but we've been justified. Not only were we justified, but we also says, he says that we're just through our faith. So what is faith? Well, according to Hebrews chapter 11, faith, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. This is what the, our forefathers laid, this is what uh, 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 our forefathers laid out before. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. Faith, faith, faith is, is hearing the inaudible. Faith, but what is faith? Faith is seeing the invisible. What is faith? Faith is believing the unbelievable. What, what is faith? Faith is stepping out on nothing and landing on something. That is simply faith. God said that you will have faith. Faith. So God whom, the God whom we worship is not a weak and incompetent God. In other words, he is able to beat back gigantic waves of oppositions and to bring low uh, uh, mountains of evil. The ringing testimony of the Christian faith is that God is able. Martin Luther King Jr. God is able. He can bring down the mountains. And so we understand that in verse 3 and 5 is our privilege as believers. You see, we are saved and we are secured. But right now we live in a world of trials and tribulations. And we need help today in these areas as well. We live in some very, uh, 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 some very challenging and some very difficult times. But notice some of the great privileges that we as children of God and children of believers have, in other words, the ability to rejoice in trouble. That ought to get us all happy right there. I know, I know, but see, our trouble has got us to a place where we don't smile no more. Our troubles have gotten us to a place where we don't want to come outside no more. Amen. Our troubles and all this stuff has thrust us into a mindset where I'm just good right here where I am. You don't understand what I'm going through. You don't know what it's like what I've been through. 
You can't tell me how I should feel. And I'm just trying to help somebody along the way. Um, remember now, I'm talking to Christians. Come on, somebody. Paul, that's who Paul was talking to. Amen. He's talking to believers. He's talking to those that have professed to be in, the, in Christ. So we should be able to rejoice in our troubles. Paul says that the Christians can rejoice in the bad times of life. Why is this true? Because the little word knowing, that word right there, knowing. You see, when the trials of life descends, the true believer knows that God is working out his will in our lives and is attempting to produce in us the state of Christ-likeness. That's why we go through what we go through, because God is trying to get us to a place where when he look at us, he don't see us, but he see a reflection of his son. And you can never see the reflection of Christ in your life if you never go through nothing. If everything was peaches and cream if everything was okay if everything was just copacetic if you never experienced anything then you would never be able to reflect the image of Christ because Christ went through it Christ went through it so you gotta go through it Christ experienced it so you gonna experience it too because what Christ did he said I'm gonna help you along the way I'm gonna let you know family of God that if I can do it it, uh, I'll bring you through it. Uh, I'm going to step down uh, from my glorious place. Uh, I'm going to step down uh, from my throne. Uh, I'm going to step down uh, to this dusty place called earth. Uh, and I'm going to walk with you. Uh, I'm going to talk with you. Uh, I'm going to break bread with you. Uh, I'm going to live with you. Uh, because in that sense what I'm doing. Uh, I'm letting you know uh, that if I can do it, uh, you can do it too. Uh, that if I go through it you can go through it too i just need two or three folk that don't mind following jesus through the dusty streets that don't mind taking the abuse that don't mind being talked about that don't mind being laughed at i just need just a couple of folk that don't mind telling the devil come hell or high water i'm gonna follow him through and through it doesn't matter what they say uh, it doesn't matter uh, what they do uh, I'm gonna trust him uh, I'm gonna believe him uh, I'm gonna stand on his promises uh, because his promises are good uh, and they have never been broken uh, they tried uh, but they never could break them uh, they tried uh, but they never could break them uh, they tried uh, but they never could break them uh, so Jesus said uh, trust me uh, when you can't trace me believe in me when believing is unbearable and hold on even if you gotta holler because I know what I'm doing I know how to bring you through I know how to make the crooked road straight I just need you to trust me in the midst of your troubles and it gets hard sometimes it gets challenging sometimes. But I realize and I recognize that I can rejoice in the midst of my troubles. 
oh, I wish I had some help right there. I'm going to try to get through with this. Not only that, not only that do we learn, do we understand that we can, that we can uh, 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 rejoice in the midst of our troubles. We also understand and know as a believer that we have the ability to recognize our troubles. Oh, yeah. You see, in the sense, in, in, in this section right here, three to five, uh, uh, this is right here in the text, it's right here in the text. Paul tells us about the benefits derived from the pressures of life. Note the progression mentioned in this verse. He says that there will be tribulations. That's pressure. He says you will be able to work, and tribulation will work patience. That's endurance. Not only that, but patience will bring about an experience, proven character, or maturity. And not only that, but it will bring about hope. The confident expectation that we will not be disappointed. God said, you will not be disappointed. Basically, what Paul is saying is that when troubles come in our lives as a result of our walk with the Lord, we learn to endure. And through endurance, we are matured and proven in our character. Then as we see God sustain us in the difficult times, we can rest in the deep, settled knowledge that he is in control and he will see us through because he held me in the midst of the difficult times what makes you think that he won't sustain you when everything is going smooth so God gotta take you through the struggle to let you know that when the other struggles come just like he brought you through that he said I'm gonna bring you through this I'm gonna bring you all the way through I'm not gonna just take you halfway but I'm gonna take you all the way to the finish line I just need you to trust me right here and right now and if you can trust me right here and right now when you wake up tomorrow and when the stuff shows up when the stuff smacks the fan because you reflecting on what he did on the other day you say well if he brought me through that I know he gonna bring me through this so devil you tried you sent all of this stuff my way you took my loved one uh, you took my job uh, you touched my health uh, you put your fingers on my finances uh, come here Job uh, you know what it's like to be tested uh, you know what it's like to be tormented uh, what did you do uh, when the devil showed up uh, Job could you just talk to the folk uh, just for a few minutes uh, Job said all I can tell you was uh, I didn't give up uh, all I can say is uh, that I didn't throw in the towel uh, all I can say to you is uh, that greater is he uh, that is in me uh, than he that is in the world. All I can say to you is that he is a reward of those that diligently seek after him. All I can tell you is, is that no weapon that was formed against me 
prosper. How do I know? Because at the end of it all, I got it all back in some. He tried to take my health. Now I feel like I'm 13. He tried to take my finances. But now I'm a billionaire. He tried all of these things. And none of these things worked. He tried to take my sanity. But now I'm more stronger mentally than I was before. Now my God is able. God is able. He's able to do all things. I can trust him. How do I know? Because the Bible tells me so. You see, you can mark it all down. I'm trying to wrap this thing up uh, and get out of your hair for those that have it. I'm trying to get out the way. Help me, Holy Ghost. I'm trying to let it go. But we understand that this road that we're on, it produces maturity. It provides us with a hope just as all the others that have gone before had to go through the struggles. If you don't believe me, I got just a few witnesses uh, right here on my paper. Can I talk about it just a few minutes? Uh, oh, y'all don't want me to talk about it. Uh, I said, can I talk about it? Uh, oh, I feel it right there. Come here, Abraham. You can just ask Abraham. Uh, he will point you to uh, Mount Moriah. You can ask Jacob. Uh, and he will point you uh, to the pillow of stone. Uh, you can ask Joseph. Uh, and he will point you to uh, the Egyptian. Egyptian prison. You can ask Moses and Moses will point you to the backside of the desert. You see they went through the struggle too. They understand the struggle. They understand that if they hold on to their faith that their faith will triumph over what they're going through. If you don't believe me I got just a few more witnesses. Can I talk about them for a minute? Oh y'all don't want me to talk about it. Can I talk about for a few minutes. Oh yes, come here. Come here, you three Hebrew boys. Oh, they gonna point you to the fiery furnace. Come here, Daniel. Daniel, he said, I understand that my faith it triumphed over my troubles. And so Daniel will point you to the lion's den. Peter will point you to the Roman fire and his three denials. And even John. John said, he said, I'm going to point you to the island of Patmos. My faith triumphed over my troubles. Come here, Jesus. Come here, Jesus. Jesus said, I'm going to point you to the old rugged cross. I'm going to point you to something that I had to endure for your sins. Not mine. I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't say anything wrong. But I'm going to point you to it. And I'm sure I can look at you out here as believers who have struggles. I want to point you to Jesus. Because I understand that we have the ability to overcome our struggles. We can even understand and know that God makes no mistakes. Struggles come to help us, not to hurt us. 
trying times, they have to come. That's the only way that God can produce the character of God in our lives. And yes, it hurts. Yes, it hurts when marriages go south to the border. Yes, it hurts when children are ripped from their families. Yes, it hurts when the phone ring and on the other end is bad news. But God is saying that even in the midst of that, I'm working something out. But the only way that it can come to fruition is that you have to hold on. You can't throw in the towel. You can't give up. Before we leave today, I would like to just simply invite you to become a part of God's family. So if you're here today or if you're online, if you're viewing, and if you have not made your calling and election sure, I want to invite you to do so today. If you're in the house, if you're in the space and you want to give your life to Christ, I invite you to come down. If you're online and you want to reach out to us, I ask that you would go to our our website. There is a a, a link on there that you can go in and you should be able to fill out a a cue card and we'll receive that. Or just simply email us. I'm going to ask our technicians if they're able to put that email up on the screen. We serve a mighty God. We serve a God that is able to do all things but fail. Because he's worthy. He knows exactly what we need before we're in need of it. I don't know what you're going through this morning. I don't know what you're experiencing this morning. But whatever it is, God is able to handle it. Is there one? Is there one? Father God, again, we thank you so much for what you've done, what you're doing, and what you're about to do. We thank you for covering us. We thank you, Father, that through the words of Paul, through the words of the Holy Spirit, we understand and know that that you have it all worked out and it's all in your hands. We understand and know, Father God, that the Holy Spirit has come to lead us into all truth. Paul asks a question of, so when was the last time you believed? Have you been baptized of the Holy Spirit? Paul asks a question to these very folk in the church that said they've been baptized but they were baptized into John's baptism so no you need to be baptized of the Holy Spirit you see it's the Holy Spirit that breaks the yoke it's the Holy Spirit 
that gives you the ability to walk through is there one Father again we thank you we give you all praise honor and glory for what you've done what you're doing and what you're about to do in Jesus name we pray amen and amen Praise the Lord for that beautiful message. Amen. Amen. Like Andre Crouch said, I thank God for the mountains. I thank God for the valleys. I thank God for the storms that he's brought me through because if I never had any problems, how would I know God could solve them? How would I know what faith in God's word could do? So through all that trouble, we learn to trust in Jesus and we learn to trust in God. Let the church say amen. Let's stand up. Let's stand as we're going to be dismissed and the deacons will usher you out. But we just want to remind you that on this Wednesday, we're going to have our conference-wide prayer service. So tune in at 7 o'clock. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for this word, Lord. We're encouraged now, Lord. We were wavering and teetering on the edge, Lord. But we're thankful, Lord, that you are a very present help in the time of trouble. We don't have to fear because you're upholding us with your right hand. So, Father, we pray that you will bless us and keep us. Keep us to this end as I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.